focusing on ID&E has helped me realize how I can impact others. And I can start to focus on finding opportunities to share stories of coworkers and what it means to have that bond or support, even if it's a topic not related to a KPI or your business roadmap. The B2B Marketing Exchange brings together B2B marketing and sales practitioners from across the country to get the latest tools and tips they need to succeed. Now, we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. I'm Claudia Tarico, And I'm Kelly Lindenow. And this is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to this week's very special episode of the B2BMX podcast. We've got no replays today, people. We have a real live person on the line ready to chat with us about topics that are honestly really near and dear to all of our hearts, marketing and sales, DEI, and my personal favorite, Harry Potter. And honestly, you're probably wondering how in the world will all of these topics fit into one conversation? How do they kind of go together? We're going to get to that in a bit. Yes, this is going to be such a fun conversation. And with that, we are thrilled to introduce you to our special guest speaker today, Tabitha Adams. Tabitha is the Director of Performance Marketing Analytics and Technology for Slalom, a global consulting firm focused on strategy, technology, and business transformation. Tabitha is a demand generation and marketing operations expert with more than 10 years of experience in B2B technology and consulting industries. Yes, that's right. But Kelly, you forgot to mention that Tabitha is also a two-time B2B Innovator Award winner. And if you are not familiar with the B2B Innovator Awards, Demand Gen Report hosts this award ceremony at our B2B Sales and Marketing Exchange. The B2B Innovator Awards basically celebrate the most progressive marketing and sales practitioners that are pushing the envelope to effectively engage prospective customers, meet their buyer needs, pain points and worries, and all of this new world of digital transformation. We obviously, like I said, host a really fun ceremony for these awards at the B2B Sales and Marketing Exchange. And Tabitha actually won her first award in the buyer-focused marketers category in 2021. And then in 2020, 22, she won her second award in the diversity and inclusion champions category. So we have her with us today to dive into her big 2022 win. So we're going to really discuss the specific things that got her that big award in 2022. And we're going to learn more about her role in putting together a tri-wizard training series at Slalom uh, to centralize marketing enablement. And then she also did a ton of DE&I work at her company that I'm really, really eager to dive into today. So lots to talk about. And with all of that said, hi, Tabitha. How are you? Welcome to our podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to talk about this. It feels like August 2022 was so long ago. So I'm excited to revisit some of these things. Also thought I'd add to my intro that I am a proud Ravenclaw since we're going to be talking about Harry Potter as well. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm so happy and excited about this. Yeah. And I'm just going to say I'm not a Harry Potter girl, but I fully support you guys. I don't know what (laughs) house I'm supposed to be in, but I'm sure you guys will tell me the right one. 
So, Tabitha, I know Claude and I spoke very highly of you already, but it's always best to hear it from you. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and your role at Slalom. Sure. So my background actually started more with writing and creating at heart. I thought I was going to go into like graphic design or visual arts. And I ended up jumping right into MarTech after I graduated college and it became something very near and dear to me. And that grew into something where I really looked for companies that allowed me to do more test and learn initiatives. And Slalom is no exception. I actually started here as a consultant back in 20, oh gosh, 2018, I think, and focused more on helping clients implement new marketing technology, reevaluate what it means to have a more innovative B2B MarTech or demand approach and soon realized I missed doing that for an organization. So I left for a year and now I'm back and doing it full speed for our global marketing team and loving every minute of it. That's awesome. You know what? Let's just get right into it. Before I dive in deeper, most people listening don't know me well enough to know that I am a diehard Harry Potter fan. <laughs> you know what? And it's weird because you said your house Ravenclaw and I'm kind of in between like I'm I want to say Gryffindor, but then I also have and I don't know if it's like a good thing to say, but I do have some Slytherin tendencies as well. So I'm kind of in between there. <laughs> uh, and I'm just a fan. I like green and black together as well. But I could go on and on about it. I'm not going to. I just love the entire Harry Potter world. And then when I see that world kind of blend into the marketing world and in my day-to-day -day work, my heart kind of skips a beat. So I was really, really impressed with your work to create this Tri-Wizard training series. And then Side note to everybody, if you don't know Harry Potter, there is a movie, it's the fourth book and fourth movie in the series, and they have the Tri-Wizard Tournament, and it's a wizarding competition, and it was obviously heavily showcased in the uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire book. So Tabitha took that theme to a whole new level at her organization. Tabitha, I'd love for you to, to give us a quick elevator pitch about the Tri-Wizard training series. Where did you get this idea to host it? and to really to bring marketing and Harry Potter together. Yeah, it actually started when I was interviewing at Slalom. I realized how many people actually had a fellow interest in Harry Potter. So when I was brought back to Slalom or when I boomeranged back, as we like to say, I was tasked with thinking about how do we enable our marketing community. Slalom's a little different because of our local and global model. So there are marketers across each of our locations, which means we have a wide variety of backgrounds, a wide variety of marketing skills, but somehow majority of us are all interested in Harry Potter. So I wanted to think of something fun where training didn't seem formal and it was more an opportunity to learn more about the tech stack, share tips, and not just learn from me and the global team, but also learn from each other. So Triwizard Training became our new regular series. And a lot of that was more because, as you mentioned in the fourth book, the tournament's more about fellowship and community. So I wanted to make sure we picked something that was fun, part of the Harry Potter universe, and also emphasized how we can learn from each other and create more of that community and um, effective approach to marketing. That's awesome. And now I would just love it if you could kind of walk us through how you structured that. And maybe again, it's my lack of Harry Potter knowledge, but you know, how do you incorporate that into marketing? And also, you know, I could see with all you little Harry Potter nerds that it could just go off the rails very quickly. So how did you work to keep the fun in there, but also keep it engaging and productive? Oh, yeah. So the idea of Triwizard Training is that it is a consistent biweekly series. We actually host it on Tuesdays. So we have Triwizard Tuesdays 
sometimes every week if it's a popular topic, but our goal is to do it every other week. And I want to also extend that with a bunch of what we call potion brewing opportunities. So we do different like user groups and workshops. So between Triwizard training sessions, we have more of that hands-on opportunity and people can learn more about what does it mean to apply best practices? How do I become a power user? And it feels more like we're tying it to slalom use cases and our existing tech stack. I think another part of this too is we want to make it fun while also focusing on what are those tips and learnings. So every training we start by having our speaker and our featured marketing community members share their house and a random Harry Potter fact. When we do get someone like you, Kelly, that doesn't know Harry Potter, we love sending them the Pottermore house quiz because it helps you learn more about like what are those characteristics or traits that help you end up in a house. And then we start tying it to like, how does that show up in your everyday marketing skills? Like, how does that show up in how you communicate with your team? So it ends up being like a fun personality quiz and bonding moment before we dive into things like use cases, technology, best practices, and all the goals a lot of us are focused on. We also liked this theme because it talked more about like, how do we think about marketing as not just what we say auto-magical, as I'm sure you hear in like the B2B space. There's a lot of focus on like, marketing's too automated. How do we balance creativity and technology? So we want to make sure we emphasize that by focusing on individual use cases or stories from the marketing community. So it felt less like the tech was center stage. And it was again, more about like, what are you doing to bring this to life? And then how does tech and process support it or make the most of it? I am hoping this year we can start using more of the tournament part of TriWizard and have opportunities for folks to compete, get certified in different skills and learn more about like, who are those power users, those champions of individual skills or technology within Slalom? Yeah, I mean, it all sounds so awesome and fascinating. And it's different because we're all just so used to so much of the same. So I just love that this is thinking outside the box and combining pop culture with work, which is awesome. But so now when you were executing this, was it all smooth sailing or were there any sort of challenges you encountered? Well, yeah, there were definitely some challenges, but fun ones. I mean, I do love what we're doing. I think one of the biggest ones is my background is mainly B2B SaaS. And I quickly learned that when you're doing something like marketing enablement, it is not a lift and shift. I can't use terms like marketing funnel or talk about technology that's maybe more used by like tech users or SaaS companies. So instead, I had to focus a lot more on the use cases. And I think that ended up being a great way to establish more of like that champion or ambassador mindset and get us away from it feeling like what we're doing on the enablement or training side is mandated. It's more about, hey, we know we're trying to accomplish X this year at Slalom. What does it mean to make sure we're approaching performance marketing, marketing technology, marketing analytics to do it really well, to measure it and to continue to optimize? So really had to think through what does it mean for Slalom and not just come in with, hey, here are the top 10 things I've done at a past organization. I think the other part was looking for more of those champions across our community. So I spent probably my first three months at the org, just learning a lot about who the marketers were, the work they've been doing. Um, Some folks have been here for 10 plus years. And so they have a lot of history around how is marketing progressed at Slalom? What do they wish we'd done differently? And then how do I take that and balance it with what are those foundational things we need to do as a marketing organization with the innovative benefits or innovative features that marketers are asking for from global performance marketing teams. So That was definitely a challenge, but I think we've struck more of that balance and it's only led to better engagement and higher adoption. 
Very cool. I mean, obviously, no good thing comes without a challenge. So it, it's nice to see that you guys are working together to kind of overcome everything and then keep this series going. So like you said, it's still an ongoing series, right? But what have you learned so far? Are there any results you could share or just overall feedback from the rest of your team? Are people loving it? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We're actually starting to think about how can we expand this to include business operations and sales. So enablement and adoption, I think, is more traditionally a sales enablement or sales focused piece or more, I feel like I hear it more as sales enablement. And here we kind of have the opposite. We focused a lot on marketing enablement in that foundation. So now we're thinking like, who else should we include in the TriWizard series? What sales updates are we seeing that should be communicated back to marketers? Last year, I think we focused a lot on just improving that partnership between global and local, especially with the marketing community being so large. How do we not just reach them, but create that partnership and that almost excitement around getting to do things together and learn together? We also delivered a lot of content. We did a recap end of December and realized we published over 100 toolkits and trainings for the community. You don't realize it in the moment. You're just, I'm one of those, let's keep moving, let's keep improving. And taking that breath and realizing we actually did a lot of work this year and there's a lot that we can continue to build on now that we have that foundation and can think more about innovation and not just how does this work as we think about marketing at Slalom. I love that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it all kind of play out and see how it kind of evolves for the rest of the year. So definitely keep us posted. Okay, so now I just, I have to ask, and everyone, please hold while I nerd out a little bit. Tabitha, I'm going to give you a quick Harry Potter lightning round, all right? So first question, which is your favorite book and or movie in the series? Ooh, I like to stick to the books because I end up watching all the movies every year, so it's hard (laughs) to decide. Um, But Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite book. I like the introduction of magical creatures. I think it's so fun. And I also just love getting to learn more about Harry's extended family. Try not to give too much away if some folks listening to this are not yet Harry Potter fans. I love it. Favorite character? Ooh, I think it's Hermione Granger. Not too pick like an already popular one, but I also found out we have the same birthday. So I like to say it's just meant to be even if I'm not a Gryffindor. I love that. I love that. What would be your Patronus? Or I know the Pottermore website also has like a Patronus quiz too. So I don't know if you took that, but I did. I got a Basset Hound and I absolutely hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't honestly don't think anybody likes the Patronus that they get. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I didn't understand the correlation besides like loyalty or something, which I'll take. But I like to say, I don't know if it's even an option, but I like to equate myself more to the Phoenix now. I feel like I'm constantly learning how to almost like refresh myself and lean into like what makes, what gives me energy, what makes me happy. Sometimes that means almost rebuilding some parts of myself because I get too stuck into like, how do I please other people or be the best marketer? And so that Phoenix Patronus just almost centers me on like being the best version of myself. I love that. Final question. Any prized Harry Potter possessions, items, merchandise? Do you have anything cool in your, I don't know, display area or anything? Oh, yes. I have a full like Harry Potter shelf on my bookcase with the wands and the Funkos. I try to stick just to Hermione so I don't end up with 200 Funkos in my office. But I think right now my like prized possession is the flip book or pop-up book series. 
the graphic designers that actually did all the artwork for the movies came out with their own version of the books. And they're just so fun, playful. They're very similar to, I think, what they're trying to do with the illustrated versions. There's just some cool like interactive activities and things in it that help bring it to life without it being a movie. Oh, I'm so glad I asked that question because I haven't even seen those before. So now I will be all over Amazon or the Googles to try to find that. But I do have the illustrated books up until I think the fourth book and they're absolutely beautiful. So I just love all of the design work and everything is beautiful. All right. All right, guys, I'm done. I'm done with the Harry Potter talk. Hey, marketers, you've heard us talking all about it, and now it's finally happening. The B2B Marketing Exchange is coming back to Scottsdale in 2023, and we want to see you there in person. If you're a fan of the B2B conversations we share on the B2BMX podcast, this event is literally made for you. Get a front row seat at sessions that will challenge everything you know about marketing, sales, ABM, go-to-market strategy, and so much more. Plus, you'll get a chance to mingle and network with the best of the best in B2B. As a B2B MX podcast listener, you'll get 25% off your ticket by using the code PODCAST25 at registration. Check out the show notes for more information or head to b2bmarketing.exchange to register now. All right. So now that my little Ravenclaw and Slytherin got that out of their systems, and yes, Claude, I made an executive decision for you there. We are going to shift gears a little bit to discuss a more serious issue that's incredibly important to all of us here. Diversity, inclusion, and equity, and especially as women, the fight for our reproductive rights. So with that, Tabitha, can you just tell us a little bit more about the work you're doing within Slalom to raise awareness and improve DE&I initiatives and reproductive benefits? Sure. I wanted to start by saying I think the biggest thing is having the opportunity to focus on this in an organization. It was definitely something I took for granted in my, what I say, like my year off <laughs> before I boomeranged back to Slalom. And now I get to spend more time on that just by being part of our slalom women community. We do like a annual summit, which includes topics like reproductive rights, as well as there's a lot of messaging that goes out around like how to be your authentic self. Like going back to my Phoenix Patronus, there's a lot around how that means also thinking about how things outside of your work environment impact how you come to work, how you show up, how you respond to things. You can't just shut it all down when you start your job each day. So when things started to shift last year, I spent more time with the community helping with things like messaging, statistics that we could then share with our comms team and executives. I didn't think it would go anywhere, but I soon learned that Psalm is very open to communication across all levels. And this was no exception. So some of that messaging ended up turning into listening sessions where I learned like the power in just being there for your coworkers. And hearing like how some people had to take time off because some of the changes made can be almost debilitating to your mental health. And you can't focus on delivering a project or focusing on a marketing KPI. So a lot of it has just been more about listening and being there for others and figuring out like how do we surface more of this so that the larger salon community knows that this is available and there are people here to support you. Yeah, that's so awesome. And now this is kind of going to seem like I'm stating the obvious here, but could you expand upon why you believe it's important to focus on those DNI initiatives and why you're so proactive in prioritizing it at Slalom? Yeah. So actually, like I mentioned, when I originally left Slalom, I had interpreted it more as 
it's another connection point to your coworkers, like another way to bond and understand what it means to support each other beyond our functional roles. Coming back, I realized that a lot of it influences more of our day-to-day than we usually think. So focusing on ID&E has really opened my eyes to what it means to be more equitable in things like talent discussions, even project assignments, what we're doing from like a training and leadership development standpoint. So it's not just participating in an ERG. There's a lot more in the day-to-day piece when it comes to ID&E, and I've loved learning more about what that means and being able to help lead some of that here at Slalom. I think another part of it was the community. So like I mentioned, I'm part of the Slalom Women Group, and we have our annual summit. And I soon learned that this is something everyone participates in. It's not just females or a subset of women. It was largely participated by everyone at the company for a week. And you soon learn like how many times people want to focus on like what's going on outside of the office and how that impacts how they show up in their job. Also find it really important because it provides more meaning behind the work. Like I know being in marketing, I'm not saving lives. I hear that a lot or see it a lot on LinkedIn. Like, remember, you're not a doctor. Like you can slow down, you can take a moment. But focusing on ID&E has helped me realize how I can impact others. And I can start to focus on finding opportunities to share stories of coworkers and what it means to have that bond or support, even if it's a topic not related to a KPI or your business roadmap. I want to chime in real quick because I feel like there is a very tiny lesson to be learned in Tabitha's answers just from the two previous questions. And it was just something that you had said that you didn't really, you know, you spoke up, but you didn't really think anything was going to come out of it but you still went for it. So I think that's a huge lesson to be learned that like, you may not think that your organization will rally around you on a specific topic or action item that you want to do, but speak up anyway, because you will never know. And it could really get somewhere far as Tapitha has, has obviously proven here. I think that's a great point. I just to double down a little bit, I feel like there were several times where I put like one comment on a thread or be like, no one's going to look at this, but I need to say it. And then you immediately get that message of, thank you for putting that out there. I've been thinking the same thing. Or I like seeing that like some of my teammates will be like, hey, I liked seeing you on this message board because it showed me like I can take the time I need for processing something or because of something I'm going through outside of work. Especially with this virtual work environment, it's so hard to get that connection and feel like you understand or have a pulse on how your coworkers or a team is feeling. And so doing something like, that, something like this just reminded me how important it is to take that moment and make sure everyone can take a breath. Yeah, absolutely. That's just, it's all so essential. And now my next question for you is going to be very similar to what we just discussed, but sort of what sort of steps are you taking to bring more awareness to reproductive rights within your company? So one of the big ones last year was finding more topical content to bring up in our annual summit. And I think that's something I'm continuing to raise through our Slam women community is how do we keep the conversation going? So it's really easy to keep it going when it's in the news. It's There's things happening on places like LinkedIn or other social networks, but then those things begin to fade and it's not necessarily top of mind and I want to keep it top of mind. So I continue to participate in forums via our Slam community. And then I've been trying to encourage others to look for external forums I personally love the Women in Revenue Network. There are a few of us that have almost like a 
subthread or Slack channel dedicated to how we're feeling about reproductive rights. And it's been so refreshing because Women in Revenue is positioned as a marketing and sales leadership community for women. So you wouldn't think of that being a spot to go, but there are folks in there that are willing to support and keep that conversation going. That's awesome. We've covered so much already. And I really, I think this topic is amazing. And what you're doing at Slalom is just awesome. Any final thoughts? Like what are future plans for either your DE&I initiatives, any future additional plans for the TriWizard, or just what else are you prioritizing this year as a marketer? Oh, gosh, so many things I could mention. First on the ID&E side, I think just more wanted to reiterate what you said, Claudia, around the importance of sharing your voice or being there for others, even if you think it won't make a huge splash. I think I've been looking for more and more of those opportunities this year to coach and mentor and also be there for other women that are newer in the organization that might not have been able to participate in the forums last year and have those same questions. So keeping that top of mind as I think about ways I can show up as a leader this year. On the marketing side, like I mentioned, I'm very excited to keep TriWizard going and thinking about how to create more TriWizard champions across our marketing community and even our sales community. There's a lot of exciting things happening at Slalom. And I think just because of my passion in MarTech and performance marketing too, all of it starts with a good foundation. And so I want to keep that ops piece top of mind through playful things like TriWizard and by having more focus around what is that documentation or what are those innovative process pieces we can put out there alongside our exciting campaigns, big events, or company announcements. That It's just so awesome, Tabitha. And the work you're doing is so admirable. I know me and Claudia are in awe of you and you know everyone else at their companies who are promoting DE&I, that stuff. And it's just, we need to keep having these conversations. We need to keep talking about it. And as much as I would love to keep talking about it, we are unfortunately out of time today. So Tabitha, I would like to thank you so much for joining us again. This was so much fun and I hope you swing by soon in the future. Thanks for having me. This was a great opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much, Tabitha. This was a really great conversation. So I hope this inspired everyone to get creative within their organizations, to speak up, and to just do all the good things. It's a new year, so we're really excited to see what else Tabitha has in store for the rest of the year, as well as the rest of our community. If you want to see us in person, if you want to get more action items and all that fun stuff, come on down to Scottsdale for our B2B marketing exchange. It's coming up really quickly. You could still register, check out the agenda, do all that stuff on the website. Everything is linked in our show notes. Again, thank you to Tabitha and thank you all for listening today. Don't miss any upcoming episodes by subscribing to our podcast on any player of your choice. And of course, connect with us on Twitter and LinkedIn, share your feedback, tell us who else you wanna hear from. Tabitha, is it okay if we include your LinkedIn in our show notes in case somebody wants to reach out and and have more of this kind of awesome conversation with you? Of course. Happy to talk about anything, performance marketing, TriWizard, Harry Potter, ID&E. I'm always open to a chat. Awesome. So we'll have that in the show notes for you all. And of course, yeah, reach out to me and Kelly as well. I could talk about Harry Potter all day as well. So that's a wrap for us, folks. Have a great rest of your week and we'll be back with another one next Wednesday. Talk then. 